This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting Incorporated. Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. I found myself coasting through life feeling unfulfilled and deep inside I knew there was more to me than I was living. I went looking for answers and I found them by listening to inspiring people and having meaningful conversations. That is what we will do here for you. Whatever you are looking for, I am glad you are here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This is episode 021, How to Achieve What You Want in Life with Heather Morrison. I'm going to make a guess that you've tuned into this podcast because you want to live to your full potential. And I gotta say, I love that about you. I really admire people who show up for themselves and others, and I'm certain this episode will inspire you to achieve what you want in life. It is said that success leaves clues, and although each of us will have a different life situation, if you study successful people, you will see a pattern of behaviors that can be duplicated so that you can succeed yourself. Throughout this conversation, you will learn how changing your life begins with making new decisions and how your daily habits are impacting your life. We talk about how success is in the journey and how the stories we tell ourselves are affecting our happiness. Heather Morrison is a theater artist, radio host, fitness instructor, public speaking coach, and a mom. She is the artistic producer of Some Theater, where she works to build community through theater experiences for everyone, including the nearly 50,000 individuals who have participated in their free theater in the park. An award-winning actress, she has worked for nearly every professional theater company in Saskatchewan. She received a Saskatoon Area Theatre Award for Outstanding Original Script for her first play, Thicker Than Water. She was also the lead collaborator on a play about sexual violence for high school students and is one of the founding producers of Fair Play Theatre, a company that uses theatre to support and develop women. Heather is an associate producer and a backfill host with the radio program Saskatoon Morning on CBC. She can occasionally be heard province-wide filling in on Blue Sky and the Afternoon Edition. She is a certified fitness coach and coaches in person at Freedom Functional Fitness and through social media with an online community created in response to COVID-19 called Unbroken with Heather and Grace. She has a keen interest in Spartan races and road running, and she ran her first and second half marathons this summer. 
She also runs a small business where she provides private coaching for public speaking and keynote script development. Heather has received a University of Saskatchewan Alumni Achievement Award and was named one of CBC's Future 40 and was twice voted Best Champion of the Arts by the readers of Planet S Magazine in Saskatoon. She has also been nominated for the Saskatchewan Arts Awards for Leadership and for a YWCA Women of Distinction Award. She lives in Saskatoon with her son, Judah. Welcome to the show, Heather. I remember the very first time that I met you, you kind of had me at hello. So I'm really excited for this conversation today. And I remember being so inspired. I felt like I could just fly right home after I met you in Saskatoon. I'm sure we're all going to feel the same way today. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Corliss. You know, I was looking forward to this a lot because I, you know, it didn't feel like a, a an appointment. It felt like a uh, like I was looking forward to coffee with a good friend. We always have such great conversations. So I was really looking forward to today. Super. Thanks again. I feel the same way. So let's begin with your story. Now, in your intro, obviously, I've told a little bit about you and your particulars in your bio, but why don't you give us the, the softer version of who Heather Morrison is? Sure. You know, oh, the gosh, that's so hard to describe. Maybe I'll just tell you, you know, where I am right now, which is that, you know, I'm a single mom. I live in Saskatoon and then I just work in a variety of different ways. I run a theater company here uh, and I've had a, like a pretty great career in theater and then I also work in media as well. I'm a radio host. I'm an associate producer with CBC and and then I'm super into fitness so I've got a lot going on in that. I just finished my first two half marathons this summer. I got into road running during uh, during COVID. I was into it before, but I got really invested when there was not much else to be doing. And I also coach fitness too. So I do that online. And then in a gym, I would say like fitness is a big part of my identity. It's a big part of my life. And it's one of the pillars that kind of helps me achieve everything else that I'm doing. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. I grew up here. Um, none of my family lives here. I call myself a city orphan because uh, all my family moved away, but I'm still here. I love Saskatoon. Uh, I feel like it is part of my identity as well. Yeah, awesome. And you're you have a little boy, and he's absolutely adorable. Yes, I have a four year old who is really into karate and taking terrible pictures of me. I would say those are his two hobbies. <laughs> I like that. So you've got a lot of, you know, different things going on in your life. And of course, the, the title of this episode is how to achieve what you want in life. So let's begin with how you manage it all and, and why you even like to do so many different things. Yeah, great question. So, you know, being an achiever is something that I think that I've always done. I I kind of grew up that way, you know, and I don't think I was always coming at achieving from a really healthy place. I think that I used to believe that, you know, I had to show people something. I had to be something special. I, uh, I had to really stand out in order to get attention or to feel worthy. And so, um, I don't, I've, I've disconnected my, desire to achieve from those beliefs about myself but I think that's where it is that drive came from originally in the first place and what it does is it sort of helped me create all these these habits of being an achiever because you know it was something that I was always trying to do I was always trying to um you know stand out and so 
I think that does help me now, now that I have more of a healthy perspective on, you know, what we, what we would say is achieving. Okay. So let's talk about the healthy habits, but before we do that, it sounds like there's a difference between healthy achieving and unhealthy achieving. So can you just kind of explain that a little bit? Because I think a lot of people are in that space of trying to prove something, trying to impress something very concerned about their worthiness and and trying to prove it from outside influence. Can you talk a little bit about the difference? Yeah. I mean, I think that for me, you know, in terms of healthy achieving, it's, it's, it's about not costing yourself something in order to get what you want. So, you know, if something I really like excites me and I want to go after it, it's sort of like, can I fit that within the confines of my life in a way that my life is still enjoyable or pleasurable? And then the other piece to that is that is working as we all are. And I completely understand when you say that there's lots of people out there that are working on this, man, I am one too. I am constantly working on this, but this idea of being worthy and just knowing that you are without um, being at the top of your field without, I mean, and the thing is that's funny about me is because I have such a variety of interests. I'm actually not the, at the top of any of my fields. I'm just sort of like, okay, at many things and I get to do those things. Um, but I think it's, so it's, it's about always working on that piece as well, separately and not having it linked to, um, to being good at things because part of also being good at things and being an achiever and achieving is, uh, failing a lot and and because those failures are how you learn right somebody I just listened to somebody recently that said failure is is just information I think it was professor Maya Janikovich but anyways she said you know failing is achieving and so it, your accomplishments cannot be wrapped up in your identity because if you are only successful and worthy if you're successful then you're never going to move forward because uh because there's going to be a lot of failures that you're going to have to overcome on the way. Does that make sense, Corliss? Oh, yes. It makes perfect sense to me. You know, based on the Enneagram test that I had done a while ago, I don't know if you've had that or not, but based on that test, I am an achiever. It's like I'm just a wired to achieve, but a lot of my life I did spend it kind of chasing after feeling uh, achievement so that I felt worthy and, and deserving and lovable ultimately. So it makes perfect sense to me. And it's not that I don't struggle with that anymore. It's not like I'm just, woo, I'm cured. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I feel worthy all the time. It is not like that for me. I think that one of the main things that I was a turning point for me was realizing that needing that from people makes me not a very enjoyable person to be around. Like, you know, wanting to be good at stuff and then also needing validation from other people that I'm good at it. Uh, doesn't make you a very good friend or co-worker, you know, um, identifying strengths in other people and naming them. That makes you a really great person to be around. And so I think that's, and also too, like having the confidence and feeling worried. Um, I've also just learned, and you know this from working as a public speaking coach, is that you have to, you have to be able to show up without having those things. So I think I've sort of turned the corner on this feeling of worthiness. It doesn't need to be there for me. Um, and it has to just sort of be this own separate thing that, that I give myself and that I work on. And it stays out of my professional life and out of, my, and, and out of a lot of my relationships as well. 
That is so good. I even like the way that you're talking about how you, how it makes you unable to participate in healthy relationships if you're always looking to be validated by other people. I think that's, well, you didn't say it exactly like that, but I think that's a brilliant thought. Now, because you do so many different things and you're managing so many things as a single mother, what are some of the healthy habits that you have that have helped you succeed at this? Yeah. Uh, well, so great question. So um, the one thing I want to say, though, too, is that a need for validation is also very important in a healthy relationship. You just need to know when to ask for it and know that you're asking for it. And I would say that's one of the, the habits I've cultivated, too, is calling my sisters or calling my best friend and saying, can you validate me right now? You know, I'm having a tough time and I need some validation. And that's one of the things I do. Um, you know, I think for me, uh, I'm a big follower of believing that success and the success in any field is about cultivating the right habits to get you there. One of the turning points for me in my life was reading the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's an incredible book that breaks down how to develop a habit and how to break bad habits. Um, so for me, like I have these pillars that I work through every day. I'm going to, I'll tell you them, but I'm not sure that it's like people should copy my life or do the things that, that I do. These are what work for me. So every morning when I get up, I meditate and then I journal two to three pages every single morning, even when I get up and I do the morning show and I have to be at work at 5am, I make the time in order to do that. And if I didn't do that, it would be like someone saying like, get up for the day without waking up. It's impossible for me to start the day without doing those two things. Occasionally or, or something, I've been on vacation and it just doesn't work out. Like, you know, you got to get up and hit the road and, and I'm like, whoa, I can't even function. I didn't do my, my journaling. I don't know what to do here. So those are a couple habits that really helped me. You know, I, I would say I've made a habit out of taking care of my mental health, which is something that helps me achieve and helps me do the things I want. So meditation and journaling are a big part of that. I speak with a counselor once a month. Uh, I have an appointment every month to talk with a counselor. And I always say whether I need it or not. And then when it comes up, I always need it. But just sort of those routine things really help me uh, just stay balanced and stay focused. Um, another healthy habit is for me is fitness. You know, fitness, wasn't always something that was routinely part of my life. I, I was always able to come up with an excuse about why I shouldn't work out. There was always something that kind of intervened or got in the way, or I would start and I would stop. And, and eventually what happened is I just really connected to the gym that I work with now, which is Freedom Functional Fitness in Saskatoon. So when they opened seven years ago, I started going and, you know, it was just the right things that connected me to it. Uh, I, I really draw upon community and there was a big sense of community there. So now I've been at that gym and working with them and, you know, uh, for four years just as a member and now coming up from three years as an instructor um, is that fitness now for me is a habit. It's part of my identity. It doesn't even occur to me to skip a workout. Like if I have a training plan, I just, it's just part of my day and no amount of obstacles will get in the way. I will always work around something. 
you know, if anything comes up, I'll just still make that workout happen, happen. And I don't even really think about it that, that much anymore because it's just habitual for me. It's part of my identity. But that was something that I cultivated over seven years. It wasn't like all of a sudden I just thought, okay, now I'm just really fit. I just work out all the time. Right. So mm-hmm. those are a few of the things. Um, but it's what I think is more interesting is the habits that I kind of got rid of in my life in order to, to be able to make space for the things that I want. And what were some of those? Well, so one of the things that, and this is one, uh, is that I've actually never owned a television ever. I, I, I mean, I watch TV. Oh my gosh. Sometimes when I freak out about how much screen time my son gets, then I just remember the fact that I used to get up on Saturday mornings when I was a kid and I would watch TV from 9am till 4pm. Like I would just TV all the time. And then I think in university is when I started getting off of it because uh, I had a television in my room and I had to ask ask my parents to take it out of my room because my grades were were slipping (laughs) because of it, right? And then when I moved out, you know, I just didn't feel a need for it. And of course, life has changed. I mean, you can get anything online and you can stream. And I'm not um, like this big, you know, I'm not like this perfect fan. I do have a Netflix account and I... And I do watch, but it's very purposeful. You know, it's like, I am resting now. And I, what I need to do to rest is watch a movie. Or um, sometimes I get into shows, but very rarely, because I know that I don't have a lot of control. Once I start watching a show, I pretty much watch it till the end. I watched all nine seasons of The Office in like three months when I was when I was breastfeeding. Every time I was breastfeeding, I found out. So that's one of the things that I just don't have in my life. And I think that I have so much extra space because of that. And then, and then, you know, the other things is that, you know, when I start thinking, well, I want to include this in my life. When I start thinking of a goal that I want, and it's something that I want to start putting in, I know that I can't just add, I don't really have room for that. So I think about you know, what has to go or what do I have in my life that I'm doing consistently that I want to get rid of to make space for this new thing. Social media is a big one for me for that. If I go through an acute period of time where I really need to turn it on, I really need to be focused at work, I'll delete the apps right off my phone because I I just like, that's how I control my behavior. I know that I I don't have good habits with that. So I'll just get rid of it um, completely. Another thing that I'll stop doing if I go through a really like acute period of time when I need to focus is I stop drinking. You know, I don't drink a lot, but I do, you know, I, I, it's part of my balance of being a fun person is I do, you know, like to have a couple drinks with friends here or there, or even on my own, I like to have like a drink and some popcorn, but I know that alcohol kind of slows me down or hinders me in terms of progress. And so, you know, if I need to focus, I'll cut that out. And then when I have a bit more time, I'll, I'll reintroduce those things. Um, and then the final thing that I wanted to say is, you know, amazingly, is something that I have tried to cut out. And this is why I do the journaling, the meditation, the talking to the counselor, reading books on mental health and wellness, is getting rid of worrying has freed up so much mental space for me. Um, and, and worrying for me was a habit. I'm talking like I'm, I'm making lunch for my son. My brain goes, what can we worry about? You know, what's the thing, what am I failing on? Who, whose email did I not respond to? Uh, you know, 
like I, I'm talking, my brain always searched, always searched for things to be worrying about. And sort of working on eliminating that habit has freed up just so much mental energy in my life that I can put it towards solution-oriented things. I can put it towards thinking about things that are pleasant, making plans, uh, and just having, like, in general, just having way more energy as well. You know, I always feel like you've taken it and you've flipped it completely around because you're right. It only makes sense that we would have to make space to make space for the things that we want in our lives. We'd have to give up something. And I think there's a lot of people that worrying is a big one. So how does journaling help you with that? Because I am also a big journaler. I have so many journals full. And a lot of times people will say to me, well, what do you journal? And you've kind of referenced it that it helps with worrying. So how do you journal? Like, what is it that you do in your journal? Oh, I basically just write the, the, the stupidest things that I would never want to like take anybody's space up with or talk about, you know, just, and I honestly, I don't even, um, I don't, I just don't even censor myself. So when I sit down in the morning, it's whatever pours out of my head. Um, and a lot of it has to do, you'd think I'd be like ruminating on world problems or, you know, stuff like that, but no, it's mostly like, uh, dating, uh, how my skin looks, how I'm feeling about my body, my digestive system. It's honestly just all that garbage that you're kind of, that could roll around on your brain. You just kind of get it out for the day. Sometimes when something's really bothering me, you know, and it comes out, I'm journaling about the situation. I am able to come to a conclusion. I am able to, or identify what is at the bottom of the real issue. That's often how journaling will help me is that uh, by, yeah, by just writing out the whole situation, I'll, I'll say, hang on, this is the crux right here. Like this is the little nugget that is causing me so much stress. And then once I've identified that, I'm able to take action to, to soothe it or to satisfy it. Mm, yeah. And you will uncover a lot of things if you just take it out of your head and put it onto paper. I've found that myself for sure. That's also been my experience with journaling. So achieving in life, um, clearly you have goals, I'm assuming. So how do you define what goals you have? Mm, yeah, that's a really good one. Um, you know, I think that goals for me, and I wonder, you know, I'd be so curious to hear about the people listening, if they feel the same way, but Goals for me are often those little like whispers of the heart of things that I want, but I don't necessarily think that I get or I deserve or I should have. Um, and what happens is that if I just keep moving forward in my life, I'll get to a place where I can see that that goal is then going to be within my reach. So one of the, my ways of, you know, cause, so this sounds so silly, but it's almost like, the goals are the things that you don't allow yourself to say to yourself because you don't want to admit, I want that because it seems so scary. Um, but I've gotten better at, you know, identifying that within myself. And I also rely on uh, friends. So I have a, a good friend, Katrina German, who is a, an amazing woman and an achiever in her own right, is that often when I'm feeling like I need a new way to go in life or there's there's something rolling around in my brain that I don't understand. We'll go for coffee. And um, a couple times she's done that for me where she says, you know, Heather, I'm listening to you talk. And 
whenever you talk about becoming a fitness instructor, this was three years ago, she says, whenever you talk about that, you, you light up. And because of that conversation with her, I went and I got certified and I did all the scary things of approaching my gym and asking them if they take me on board and going to the training, coaching my first class was terrifying. And now three years later, I'm like so happy that I did it. And the same thing, Katrina did the exact same thing for me when I thought about starting a business with public speaking coaching. She says, you know, every time you talk about it, you're just, your passion comes out, you light up, that's a goal for you. Um, and then for me too, I think that goals are just, they're just always these next steps on a journey. You know, um, the book I referenced, Atomic Habits, talks about goals, um, goals as being almost part of developing a healthy identity and a healthy lifestyle as a defining your habits. And so for me, so running a half marathon was a goal of mine. And I've had that goal for a couple years. Um, and, you know, I honestly, Corliss, I finished and I was like, okay, what's next? <laughs> because mm -hmm. it wasn't about running the half marathon. It was about going through the training plan of running the half and spending those dedicated months slowly growing the distance and those small wins within the plan. And so the actual accomplishment of the half marathon, it was satisfying, but not in the sense of like this big win, but more just like, okay, now that that's done, I get to move on to whatever my next goal is. I finished this project. So um, I don't know if that's very helpful at all, but I do know that, you know, people should listen to themselves. They should, they should listen to those small whispers, those things that they don't think are for them. I didn't think CBC was going to be for me. It was something I always wanted. And I took the small little steps of approaching them and talking to them. And now I get to be on air with my favorite broadcast. <laughs> it's like my favorite station in the city. And, you know, I think that it's just about listening to those little, those little whispers. I'm a big believer in saying your, your goals out loud. I'm a big believer in writing them down. And I'm a huge believer in asking for help. You know, those first steps. How can I get into this? How, how do you, how, if you wanted to do this, what would be the first thing that you did? Um, do you have any advice to me? I think I want to get into what you're working on. Uh, those are all ways that I've approached everything that I've done is, is just sort of looking for those people that are succeeding and, and just having those, those starting conversations and, and, um, and then just following all the scary steps along the way. Mm -hmm. You actually get, just gave us the steps, honestly, to how to achieve what you want in life, at least in my opinion, because when I listen to what you're saying, the first, the first step in achieving what you want out of life is to know what it is that you want. And like, I like how you said, I feel like it's like Oprah says, it's a tweetable moment. It's like the whisper of the heart. And a lot of times I think what happens for people is that we're just coasting and we're just going through life, doing the next thing, the next thing. And life kind of controls us over us actually choosing our path. If you take the time to actually listen to what it is that you want, define it, write it down, share it with other people, you're going to, I mean, it only makes sense that you would get much closer to achieving that right absolutely and I, I actually find that writing things down to be frightening in I think it was in 2015 I found a list that I had written in 2010 like back when I was you know just first getting started as a professional artist and there was many things on there like start a drama program for underserved youth and uh, uh, just a bunch of different stuff on there and uh, 
I had written it down and then lost the list. I'd found it in an old journal when I was moving and I couldn't believe it, but I'd achieved everything on the list. And it was spooky to me because I hadn't even, it's not like I was checking this list every day. Like, am I getting closer to these goals? But I, I had written them down and then there they were. And um, I even just was reviewing, I had written some stuff down on March 2nd. So for us in Saskatoon, the world kind of collapsed here with COVID on March 12th. That was the day they canceled June, the day we had the first case in, of COVID in Saskatoon. So 10 days before this pandemic hits, or, or the reality of the pandemic hit where I'm living, um, I had been on a trip with my son. We were out at Elkridge and I had taken a reflective moment to write, like, here are some things that I want to accomplish in the next few months. And then, you know, the whole world changed. I sort of lost track of those goals, that journal. And Corliss, guess what? I got them. Like, it was like, complete your half marathon training program, come in under two hours. Like, you know, it was all there. So I honestly think it's this, it's, it's a little bit spooky, but I think that it works too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I could actually couldn't agree more. Guess what? I just opened the registration for a brand new session of the lead your life masterclass. If you're looking to feel more purpose and direction in your life or need help defining goals that inspire you, I'd like to invite you to work with me through this four-week program. Over the last three years, I've watched this program help like-minded women step into their personal power. It's simply incredible to see the transformation and confidence, clarity, and passion that they have found. If you're ready to have that for yourself, you should check it out now at corliss.ca. Classes are limited to only 12 because of the personal coaching and guidance that you'll receive. I'd really like to help you lead a life you love. Register now at corliss.ca. And I think a lot of times, so we talked about, you know, why set the goal, but let's talk about what stops people from doing that. And I think a lot of times that's connected to having disempowering conversations with yourself where we almost you know, tell ourselves we can't or like, why set a goal? Because we probably can't make it happen. Have you had that experience? And what would you say to people who are feeling that way, you know, and having those conversations, those negative conversations or disempowering ones in their minds right now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this is still something, of course, that I still struggle. And if you go back to the beginning of our conversation, this is how I came about trying anything at all was believing that I was not worthy and trying to trying to prove it to myself. And actually, this is something that I work on uh, with my counselor is that my first instinct when something goes wrong is to attack myself. So, you know, that was bad, you're bad. That was the wrong thing to do. And you knew it, you know, I have uh, something that I really struggle with is a black and white version of the world where I can only be bad or I can only be good. Right? Instead of this idea of now that I have new information, I can do better. Now that I know more, I can do better. And so um, absolutely, when, when you say, you know, people listening and they think that something's not for them, I would say, yes, I get that. And I am right there, right there with you. Um, you know, one of the things that I struggle with, cause I haven't competed very much in fitness either. And so when I go to compete in fitness, the, the struggle that I have with my mind 
the night before, uh, when I did my first Spartan race last summer, before I did my the first half marathon this summer, I just go into a terrible place. You're not ready. What do you think you're doing? You're going to fail. This is going to be an embarrassment. You know, uh, like it is just, it is unreal. But I think that self-talk and positive self-talk and, and talking your way into situations and, um, and having that positive mindset it's just a habit as well. And so one of the things that I tell myself when I start freaking out about something is I don't have a lot of experience in this yet. And so that's why I have so much doubt. And that's, I don't have a lot of experience soothing my mind before a competition, before a physical fitness competition. You know where I do have a lot of experience soothing my mind? Emceeing an event. So the same thing happens to me before I public speak. And I have done, I have done this hundreds of times, Corliss. And so for me, when the nerves show up there and the attacking voices show up there, um, I, I'm like, oh, hey, you guys, what's up? <laughs> like, they're just part of the experience for me, right? So I have that, you know, I have experience with that. I don't have a lot of it in this other field. And so I think that you know, having those conversations and getting into a place where you learn to have those positive conversations, where you learn to encourage yourself is just about making that a habit as well. And, and, um, and just really, uh, yeah, you know, I'm losing my train of thought here, but I feel like, I feel like the, this is all, everything the, that you're describing that people are experiencing, you are able to overcome. And, and I think for me, when it comes to achieving and getting goals I want, everything takes longer than I expect. And that's okay, because I feel like it comes to me when I'm ready. I wanted to work at CBC back when they first announced that they had this Saskatoon morning show when I was just starting my career in a radio in another station. And I really, truly feel like I came to it when it was the right time for me. Um, you know, so there's many examples like that but i think if you if you just don't let go of that whisper and you just take those small steps and you make those small movements forward when it is the right time and when you are mentally ready you will take those steps forward um that said you do have to be willing to be uncomfortable and that's where you can get into the habit of taking care of yourself when you're uncomfortable of having, like, as I said, I have a lot of experience talking to myself and allowing myself to be uncomfortable public speaking. Every time I show up, I think, you know, this, like, what if I embarrass myself? <laughs> what if I embarrass myself? But I say, okay, you know, then you'll, you'll, you'll work through it and you're going to be okay. And I think that it's just, knowing that things are going to be okay and, and getting that experience and getting that habit of, of being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it, it, this just reminds me of a story because I think often like what you're describing here, and I love how you've kind of rephrased it. Like, oh, I'm aware of that thought. Oh, there's that thought again. Okay. I'm just going to rephrase that. Hello, friends. Like it, we all have it. So it's like, get aware of what you're thinking, but one of the things that I really like here that I think the audience will really relate to and the story keeps coming back for me is that often we want it now, like we want it right now. So we set this goal and then we feel like if we don't get it when we want it, 
or it doesn't happen as we transpire as we think it should, then we just think that, well, we can't do it. We kind of beat up on ourselves when really what you're describing here is that maybe it just was it at that time and you just have to just keep moving forward i was listening to a podcast a while ago and rachel hollis was sharing a story about girl wash your face so her book and which i still haven't read yet to this day i will read it at some point in my life but I haven't read it yet, but she was referencing the 10 books that she had written before that. And she said, you know, I wanted it like my first book that came out. I wanted it to be a New York Times bestseller. And she said, in the reality, I wasn't ready to be a New York Times bestseller. I had to do these other books. I had to grow and develop myself. I had to get ready to be prepared for what's happening now that I am a New York Times bestseller. It, does that kind of go together with what you're saying about it'll happen in its perfect time? Oh, I think so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and Rachel Hollis has had an amazing career. So it's kind of funny to think about her being like, oh, I was disappointed that I wasn't a New York Times bestseller. Um, I absolutely think that's true. And I think that, you know, it's so, it sounds so cheesy, but I just really feel like the journey is where it's at like just the same way I was talking about the half marathon for me, it was the training program. And so, you know, getting to the goal is not where you're going to find your happiness. It's moving towards it. That is so enjoyable because as I said, you're going to cross that finish line and you're going to be like, what's next. So, you know, like if, if you are an achiever, if you're a goal oriented person, you know, you're never going to derive satisfaction from actually achieving the thing. So you just got to be happy along the way and if so that way if it's taking extra time it's not going to bother you otherwise or either yeah i love that i love it i can't even tell you how much i love that i feel like i want to applaud right now because it is the journey that this is life this is what we've got right now and as you're moving forward it's like enjoy today enjoy the process of it i actually just went on a retreat weekend this weekend with some friends and i stayed in their cabin and in the bedroom that i stayed in that there was a mirror and it was so beautiful it was antique and i couldn't quite read what it said but there was something on the frame so I like kind of got up sleepy-eyed and was reading it and it said success is not in the achievement success is in who you become and I or something like that geez now I want to go back on it but it's really who you're becoming which is the journey absolutely and I think that that is one of the big things from I keep talking about it you're gonna ask me what book I recommend at the end of the podcast well I think it's pretty obvious but um, that's one of the things that James Clear talks about is identity and so I've cultivated this identity as somebody who um, you know who is an athlete right like I believe that about myself now I haven't always but I changed that conversation for myself because I used to have a lot of unhealthy habits when I was in my early 20s, I was really disconnected from my body so much as that I actually, my mind and my body were completely separate entities. You know, there wasn't any connection there. And I've completely changed that um, uh, by, you know, pers pursuing small goals in fitness so that I would have to follow these training plans and then it just becomes a habit, right? Mm -hmm. Something that I really desperately need in my life right now is I need to, I need to be able to drop off to sleep easier. I need to put some relaxation and some stretching. I need to take care of my body. And so I'm currently working on establishing that habit and of changing my identity because I am someone who's very good at putting tension in. 
I'm somebody who's very good at drilling down, working hard. I'm not right now. I don't have an identity of softness. I don't have an identity of someone who, who, who takes care of their body in that way. And so that's what I'm working on cultivating right now so that I believe that about myself. Because, you know, I told you I never skip a workout. Guess what? I, I bail on 80% of the time yoga. If I say I'm going to do a yoga class, uh, it's, I don't even, it's subconscious. I go, well, you know, if I actually got groceries right now, that'll make tomorrow easier. And then I'm off to the grocery store. Right. And the (laughs) yoga mat is just sitting there. So, and that's just because that's, it's not who I see myself as, but I'm going to change that about myself, Corliss. And we're going to touch in a year from now. And I'm going to tell you that I did it. And that's, that's who I am now. And I, and I believe that about myself now, but you know, it's, it's going to take a little bit of a process to do it. <laughs> I'm laughing because no wonder we hit it off right away because your self-awareness is so amazing, but I would do the exact same thing. I'm like a get it done kind of person, like head down, go forward, get it finished. And I like how you said it's like that softness. And sometimes people don't even know how really soft I am because I'm just like straight head forward, got to go, Right. So I like how you're changing the story. And I think a lot of times, as Rachel Hollis, actually, she references, it's the lies we tell ourselves. She talks about that, or she's talked about that a lot. So how can people change the story? Because it sounds like you're changing your own story. Yeah, I mean, good question. Like in this specific example, you know, when we talk about being like head down, go forward, you know, I am playing to my strength here, which is that I like progress. And that I've realized that I actually can make better progress in a more enjoyable way if I take breaks and I take breaks and enjoy them because I have learned, unfortunately, and I'm sure you know this too, Corliss, is that if you don't take breaks, your body takes them for you. Um, And I had that experience, right? And when I ran my first half marathon afterwards, I had a headache for an entire week. I like for the first day I could barely see. And then, uh, and I had to just keep going. I had to work. I had to parent. I had no choice. And it was, terrible and that was the breaking point for me I thought never again like I'm not doing that to myself again and I know why it happened I put way too much tension into my body that I didn't take out I did not feed or myself I did not drink enough water I you know I had all these things and so for me I'm still working on my goal of moving forward I want to I have some speed goals for running now. I ha- I really want to do a good job at CBC. I really want to do a good job with my theater company. And so that's why I'm taking breaks because I realize they're actually a way to move forward. So how you change your identity um, is, I think, is by showing up in the ways that you want to. Another example of this, I guess, would be... Um, I also believe that like being calm in a crisis and and being kind in a conflict are also habits. They're not ingrained personality traits. They're things that you can completely teach yourself. And so that was an identity that I had to cultivate as a leader because I used, my anxiety used to ramp up in any type of conflict. Um, and I would not do a good job of resolving it, right? Or I would add to the tension, I would add to the problem. And so I tried to cultivate an identity. Um, and so when the crisis happened, 
or if I, or if internally I'm having a crisis, so I'm emotional or, you know, often for me when I don't feel like acting kind or calm is when I'm hungry or I haven't slept enough, but I have a saying for myself where I go, who, who, who do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be here? And I know the answer. So then I have to make the extra effort to be that person. And then once you're just sort of, that's your go-to, it just is, it's easier and easier to access that type of person in that type of situation. So I think it's just about reflecting on that when you come up against these obstacles and whatever you're trying to do and whatever you're trying to achieve is, you know, when you think about giving up, you think, you know, who is the person that I want to be and what choice would that person make? And you're not putting something on, you're calling upon something in yourself that is already there. You're just giving that person a chance to come forward. Mm, I like it so much. You know, one of my first events that I was speaking at, one of my conferences, um, I was up on the stage and as you know, I'm very passionate about speaking from stage and, and sometimes I just allow myself to go with what I feel as I'm speaking, depending on what the audience needs to hear. And it just kind of came out of my mouth and kind of became my original quote, choose who you want to be, then be it. And it honestly sounds like that's how you call yourself, like your highest self. Is that what you're describing right now about, you know, rise up? Oh, I think that's exactly it. You know, uh, I think that's exactly it. And it's not so easy. It's not like you're just, um, you know, like you're not gonna be like, I'm an athlete now and then go out and run 5k if you haven't run in a long time. But if you put on your shoes and walk out the door and run on and off, minute on, minute off, you're an athlete, right? So, you know, I think that uh, it's <laughs> what I'm trying to add here is an element of being kind to yourself. You know, because one of the other things that James Clear says is that where we are is a lagging result of our habits, right? So if you, I know you had Tanya Woods Richardson on your podcast. She's amazing. Your financial, your financial situation is going to be a lagging result of your habits. So, you know, if you're going to start turning the corner on being fiscally responsible, you know, you're not going to see the benefit for a while, but you eventually will, right? Mm -hmm. But you can still already be changing your identity. And saying, like, what would a fiscally responsible person do in this moment? I hope that makes sense. It actually does. And I think that's the whole idea here is that no matter what's going on or what your goals are, or if, you know, life throws you a curveball, you can still choose who you are in that situation. And that's like, like you said, putting on the running shoes. I think you pulled that together beautifully. Now you have many different passions and that's exciting and beautiful for you. Was there ever a time that you didn't know what you were passionate about? Because I think a lot of the audience, at least a lot of the people that I believe listen to this because I work with a lot of them through the co my coaching sessions, a lot of them are just not sure what they're passionate about because they've just been doing what you know, whatever life gave them and showing up and they've got all these responsibilities. Was there ever a time that you didn't even know what you were passionate about? Yeah. I mean, I think for me is often if I, if I don't know, like I'm putting that in quotes, it's not that I don't know. It's that I don't feel like I'm allowed to be passionate about that thing because it's not for me. And so then I, and then it's so buried inside of me that I don't that I don't know that it's that that's what I want to do 
it's 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 the thing like the example I gave about being a fitness instructor you know I just so felt that wasn't for me I had been spent so much of my life disconnected from my body and and not feeling strong and still not feeling that strong when I when I got started on that journey that I didn't really I was so shy about saying that I that that's what I wanted to do and Thankfully, I had a friend that identified that. And for me, it was the same thing for getting into theater. Um, you know, I I always wanted to, to work in theater, but I didn't feel like that was a really viable option for me. I didn't feel like I could make a career of it. Um, and I guess I just got really lucky. And I'm not going to say that I didn't get lucky. I just things played out for me in a way that I was able to also make a living, you know, with all my other interests in order to continue to have a career in theater and, and to build that and to build that and lots of sacrifices. And then also a lot of privilege, right? I come from a privileged background, which helped uh, allow me to, to, to go into that arena as well. Mm-hmm. And for those people who, who don't, like who don't have the privilege behind them, perhaps it's just in like trying things. Like maybe it's just in like, hey, I want to try that and see what I am even passionate about. It's about getting curious and being adventurous and then taking that step forward as you're always talking about here. Uh, is perfection possible? Oh, um, yeah, no, definitely not. Uh I think you know that, hey, though, mm-hmm. you know, it's so funny. You, I, I know, like, you seem perfect to me, right? Everybody seems perfect. We live in such a terrible world where, you know, we see these social media lives, and it looks like everyone's just living these perfect lives. And, you know, I used to think about myself, I used to think, well, I'm not, uh, I used to think I wasn't a perfectionist, because I wasn't perfect which is such a, you know, I was mm-hmm. so hard on myself for not being perfect. And I realized, wait, that's the definition of perfectionism is, is <laughs> being so hard on yourself about it, right? You know, I used to be so concerned about how I came across to people, um, you know, because my home wasn't put together and my my child wasn't perfect. And uh, my life certainly hasn't been perfect, right? And, and I've had a few, you know, public massive failures in a way and so um I just feel like no and we shouldn't want it because our lives will be so much richer when they're not whenever I'm vulnerable whenever I am willing to share the ways that I am suffering and that I am not doing well uh the much better that my life is and my relationships are so much better as well. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're just so hard on ourselves. And I think that's part of the journey, right? Is to just enjoy it and not expect to be perfect. It's almost like imperfection is perfect, <laughs> just real and honest. And wherever you're at is where you're at. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I think that you can have more real connection too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, how does somebody make those connections with people? I think it's about being brave to to just look for it and then to have the, the courage to actually ask for it and make that connection and be bold enough to show up. How did you do it? Yeah, I mean, good question. Um, you know, I'm really lucky in the sense that I met my best friend 20 years ago in grade nine. And we have had one of those really 
powerful, very truthful and honest relationship. A lot of how I've learned about how to how to behave in relationships and how to be a good friend have come from having this really strong relationship with someone for 20 years, someone whom I admire greatly um, and, you know, really would do anything for, you know, anything at all. So I think that that, again, it's habit, right? (laughs) Identity is like, she's, she's taught me a lot of those things. Um, You know, Corliss, I'm also one of those people. I mean, I am an extrovert and I'm outgoing and I, I, I have always been this way, but if I see someone that I like, and if I see things in people that I like, I am so unabashed about trying to be friends with people. Like, I'm just like, you are cool. And I, I like, don't take, I don't take hints. Like if people don't text me back, I'll be like, "Mm, she still likes me. She's just busy. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I just, I just show up for those things because uh, I honestly, I just, I love people. I love, I love deep conversations. And um, yeah, I think that that's, it's just, um, I'm a little bit addicted to, to, to deep <laughs> connected relationships, actually, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's possible to make them happen. If you don't have them now, if you're listening and you're like, oh, how I wish I could have that. I promise you it's possible. You just have to like open your heart to it and look for it. And you, like she says, the deep conversations engage in those and you'll find it. You really will. Now I have three closing questions that I always ask all of my guests, Heather, but before I ask you, is there anything that you wanted to add? Mm, you know, something that I don't touch on is, or that I didn't touch on overall is that another habit that I think is really important is citizenship. And that's something that I think we don't talk about a lot in our society in terms of self-care, but I think that being a good citizen in that uh, is, is really important and is a part of a healthy lifestyle. And that's something that is one of the pillars in all the work that I try to do is looking around me and participating in the world. Um, I think it's Stephen Cope that said like, you need to take care of your corner of the world. And I think that if you want to feel that, if you want to feel connected and if you want to feel like you're moving forward in your life and that you're participating in a meaningful way, I think that being a good citizen and helping people around you and getting out of the way when it's time to get out of the way and lifting people up is a really important part of moving forward in your career, in your life and in your relationships as well. Mm, That's such a beautiful point. Thank you for bringing that up. I call that purpose and you can just show up and be that person and create purpose in your life just by by uh, contributing, I suppose, and taking care of your corner of the world, like you've said. Now, where do people find you if they want to follow along or connect? Uh, well, they can find me. I'm on, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm Heather underscore Mo, and then I'm Mo underscore Heather on Instagram. I mean, people can find me. Um, I'm with some theater. I'm with uh, Unbroken with Heather and Grace as my fitness page. Um, people can find me, but I mostly just make terrible jokes, Corliss. I'm not <laughs> pumping out the motivation and the inspiration on the daily. I mostly just make terrible jokes, mostly about my son hitting me when he's <laughs> practicing his karate. I have to be honest. 
but I'm also, I am very happy to connect though. I love people. I love hearing about people's journeys. So if anybody wants to find me, I'd be more than happy to hear from them. I think that's so funny because I actually think some people might actually want to see your son doing that to you. So follow her on Instagram. It's awesome. <laughs> okay. Now, having said that, um, personal growth as, as everything that I do is connected to personal or professional growth. Is there some steps that people can take, like some closing thoughts on steps that people can take to achieve what they want? Um, so motivational steps. I think that for some reason, you know what, I like made a note here and I'm trying to figure it out and I can't figure it out. So I think we talked about some steps, I guess. Hey, Corliss, when we talked we, about... Yeah, we did. And honestly, that would just be a summary. So I suppose it's throughout the entire episode. So we can just leave that. Now, my final three <laughs> closing questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm blanking. Someone rang my apartment buzzer too. I'm like, I'm all over the place. I'm uh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, Sorry. you know what? Sometimes it interrupts it. No need to apologize. I actually am going to leave this. It is not being edited out. I love it because I do oh. think <laughs> imperfect is perfect. There you go. Um, imperfect. Being very vulnerable right now. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, three closing questions. What does leadership mean to you? Um, you know, I think that leadership to me means that it's your job to be the most mature person possible in the room. So uh if I can use some bad language is that often as a leader you have to eat shit <laughs> so you know you like you really have to um you really have to be willing to take on everybody else's emotional stuff that's going on and not have it shoot back out of you like it's you got to be a receiver for it and then it has to dispel so that you can stay calm and you can stay kind and um, and you can just get to the root of the problem and move forward with solution thinking. I really think that leadership to me is 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 that is is helping people you know solve problems in a calm way. Excellent. Coming from a response instead of a reaction. Sounds perfect. Now, if there was a, a book that you want to recommend, I know you've said it a few times. I'm pretty sure it's the one you're going to recommend or a podcast that was kind of like particularly awesome to you. Do you want to share what those are? Well, so yes, Atomic Habits with James Clear. Honestly, it's just sort of I just think that there's so many self-help books out there. And then this one is like, you should start with this one. This is like change your habits. And then you can go and find the book that's about, you know, if you want to change your habits to be in a better relationship, you can read relationship books or you can, you know, you can sort of move, move from there. And then for podcasts, you know, right now what I'm trying to do is something else, a habit I'm trying to cultivate is to be more informed and something that I don't know much about is economics. So I'm actually listening to Freakonomics Radio right now because I'm trying to educate myself about how the economy works and how stocks work and, um, you know, all of that stuff because I realize I'm really not informed there. So that's something that I'm really locked into right now. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great point, actually, because a lot of times I will do the same thing. It's like, what am I exactly wanting to learn right now? Where, where am I wanting to level up? What is it that I'm missing? And what am I curious to learn? I have dedicated myself to be a lifelong learner, and I will literally choose and, and kind of seek out or source out 
what it is that I want to learn and go there. So I like that. That's different than what's been recommended before and I think a great point. Now based on all of the highs and all of the lows that you've had in your life, if you could only leave people with one piece of advice, what would you want to leave them with? Well, I, I think for me, the most important thing that I could do every day is just to be present with my son. Because I think that, and be, to be present with the people that you love. I've lived my life and I've sort of been all over the place. We talked about, like, you know, achieving from a place of not being worthy and anxiety and all that stuff. And all of that has just, it's, it can totally get in the way of the things that you cannot buy and the things that you cannot have back once they're gone. And that is spending time with the people that you love. And so I think that no matter what you're achieving, no matter what you're going after, you have to be doing it in a way that if you're on the beach with your son, that you are sitting there and you are with him and you are present and you are like looking in his face and seeing the way his cheeks plump up <laughs> and the way his eyes look when he's laughing, you know, like you, you've got to be able to be in a place where you can dial in for those moments um, because really nothing else matters. Hmm. I think we all needed to hear that right now. Thank you again very much for joining us today, Heather. I've enjoyed this conversation. I know our audience did as well. Thank you so much for having me, Corliss. It's been wonderful speaking with you. You bet. Talk soon. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.